Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Connecting Dots. Thanks for joining. Let's talk a little bit about China. Specifically, let's talk about banking, lending, and debt owed by and to China. Not only as a nation, but also the various companies that are based in mainland China. This is Paul Truesdell, and you're listening to Connecting Dots. Now, make sure to read the disclaimer in our show notes before each episode. And due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed, and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed. Also, visit dots.fm for extras that are not shared on third-party podcast players. So China is an interesting place, and we're going to talk a little bit about China in terms of, well, not exactly having an opaque, clear, transparent way of doing business when it comes to debt. Now, China's lack of transparency when issuing loans has caused a lot of problems in the past, going way back to when they entered the WTO, the World Trade Organization. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a few moments when I come back to cleaning up a mess. But one of the things that we should always remember and never forget is that China plays by really its own rules. Oh, me, oh, my. And as a result of that, we have a situation where a lot of people are beginning to uh, be concerned about debt and debt obligations. What I mean by that is a lot of people have bond funds by way of mutual funds or ETFs. You really don't know what's in those things. And I don't want you to say, oh, yeah, I do. No, you don't. Let's be really honest with each other as we chat here. You buy a mutual fund. You have an investment advisor. You've got some idiot insurance agent who's put you in something, and they basically pat you on the head, pat you in the back, stick a sucker in your mouth, and you say, oh, look, this is really great. Look at how well it's performing. They say things like, oh, look at the index. The index is at 1.5%, but we're performing at 3%. But that's oftentimes the gross return, not after you're paying them their 1.5% plus trade costs. At the end of the year, you wonder why you didn't make a lot of money, and there's always some kind of a BS excuse. What you got to be concerned about is what is in that portfolio. Quit taking these people for what they say as truthful. Actually dig into the facts and figures. Agile Group Holdings Limited of China has increased their debt holdings by 10 billion U.S. dollars. The recent increase is 139%. So let's think about that. You've got companies out there that are increasing their debt by a massive amount. Here's another one. China Evergrande Group, a property development company in China, has 82 billion U.S. dollars in debt obligations. The company has increased their debt by 1,115%. I'm going to profile five Chinese companies that have increased their debt by astronomical numbers. And we're going to tell you a little bit how that occurred and what we think is going to happen and give you a perspective about, well, President Trump and the trade war. Country Garden Holdings Company Limited, a property development company in China, has debt totaling nearly 30 billion U.S. dollars. They have increased their debt recently by 481%. Okay, so the yield on the U.S. Treasury has dropped. 
The 10-year has dropped to like 1.8%. The 30-year Treasury yield is down to 2.291. It's down two basis points as we're recording this. You know, that's not great rates of return, but people are looking for higher returns, right? You always want to get a higher return. Green Down China Holdings, another Chinese company, has debt totally 9 billion U.S. dollars, an increase of 170% recently. How would you like to invest in a company that increased their debt obligations by billions of billions of dollars? You might say, wait a minute, why are they doing that? Oh, they got a high interest rate. People, it's like Ponzi schemes, they're always focused on the debt or rather the, the rate of return. Oh, pie high, sky high rates of return. That's all people focus on. HNA Group Company of China, a passenger transportation company in China is now in debt to the tune of 92 billion US dollars. They have increased their debt by 334%. So we have companies that have increased their debt by three, four, five hundred 500%. And that should be a concern quite literally to everyone. No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. So When we're talking about debt obligations, when you have a country that has been shrouded in secrecy for so long, it's really almost impossible to track the official debt. The hidden debt is just unbelievable. It could really spark a far worse than expected slowdown in a lot of other problems. Now, some of these other problems are the fact that, again, low interest rates in the U.S. and Europe in bond funds by way of mutual funds and ETFs, you've got to be really careful. Now, for us, oh me, oh my, we've got solutions. We have solutions that we've been doing for a long, long time. You don't need to be a graduate of Harvard to do this. But what you do need to do is follow the numbers and connect the dots. Oh, no. Yep. You got to connect the dots. So, for example... There are a lot of countries that China has lent money to, a lot of things they've done in places like Africa. And to be very blunt with you, Africa is a place where you go to lose money. You go there to feel good, to do things that, uh, you know, yes, we help these people with the solar and phones and this and that. And there are some developing countries there that are doing pretty well. But again, it's generally a place where you go to lose money. Kind of is the way it is. Unfortunately, a lot of people are afraid to talk about it because of the way it, it is. So let's go back and talk about the WTO. By anyone's standards, when China came into the World Trade Organization, it was a disaster. They had no accounting practices that were standard. They did their own thing. But here's the thing. It's really amazing that within 18 months... <gasps> They were able to get their act together and everything's hunky-dory. Look, the collapse in China of a complex web of debt, it just basically guarantees that several of their private firms have taken incredibly high risk. The potential hazard for not only their economy, but other economies around the area, well, they've been uh, slowing down in many ways. And so what's going on today is not exactly what's been going on in the last three decades. Now, the last thing Beijing needs is to start fighting off intensifying growing pressure uh, with the trade dispute with the United States. And here's what I think. If you think that Donald Trump doesn't pay attention to this stuff, if government officials in the know aren't paying attention to this stuff, that steps to, again, support build up their economic support, their measures. You know, I got to tell you, I I really think that this loosening up of funding is not necessarily, they're loosening it up. They're not really doing anything other than inflaming the financial risks they took on a long time ago. They've got state banks that have to really sharply 
boost their lending to the private sector because they're stuck. Now, we talked about this, my son and I, in a deep dive about how China is constantly putting money into really lousy companies. They're kind of stuck. Some of these companies have got them, you know, over the barrel. So the warning bells are there, no doubt about it. Oh, me, oh, my. And you've got a lot of companies in the, for example, some heavy industry in the Shandong province. Uh, there's at least 28 private companies in just the Shandong uh, province in, again, heavy industry. They're restructuring their debts just to avoid bankruptcy. Oh, no. Yep. And so these souring loans are going to have an effect on people who have bond funds in the United States where, okay, you know, 20% is in foreign bonds. I guess not that, that much. But when you dig into the numbers, it's just not pretty. So here we have a situation of excessive lending to local companies that during boom times saw, you know, diversification, but they weren't profitable. And a lot of these companies, they went into non-core businesses. So when credit conditions wind up getting tight, Beijing embarked on, well, for quite some time now, deleveraging. Okay, we've done that here in the United States. A whole series of loans and bonds. But the problem is bad loans are often extended because as the good times roll on, yeah, they're not so good. Here's the key. The key thing is this. We are facing some real serious issues coming up, and we need to pay attention to what's in our portfolios. And if you don't have a true fiduciary paying attention, you might have some real problems coming up. That's a matter of fact. That does it for today. Thanks for joining me. I'm Paul Truesdell with Fix Cost Financial. You can reach us by phone by calling 212-433-2525 between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, that's 212-433-2525. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. But ideally, for links, notes, PDFs, videos, and more to this podcast, well, simply go directly to FixCostFinancial.com and click on the blog or podcast links. For quick reference, and this is easy to remember, simply type dots.fm. That's dots.fm. Isn't that cool? And you'll land right on our podcast page. Now visit Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing, where it's better because it's simple and works. Break the mold and do it today. All rights reserved. Reproduction or use without written authorization prohibited without written authorization. Mm.